wait, what road did I take? How did I end up from studying innovation management to now somehow living in Bali, teaching naked yoga, working with the topic sexuality, uh, business success is measured in orgasms, and my mind's like, what the fuck? Hi, and welcome to the Freedom Seekster podcast. My name is Dika, and I'm a feminine empowerment, sacred sexuality, teacher, facilitator, and coach. I'm on a mission to make every woman proud to say, I'm a woman, and I fucking love it. With my company, Freedom Seekster, I offer coaching, workshops, online courses, and tools to help women remember the sacredness of their body and unlock their innate feminine wisdom. All a very fancy way of saying, I just want you to fully love and accept yourself and realize that you are fucking magic. In this episode, I share my story of how I went from someone that aspired to become this tough-ass business consultant, working 70 hours a week and climbing the career ladder, to moving my ass to Bali, teaching naked yoga, and helping women reach orgasms, something I definitely didn't see coming. Besides that, I share three things that are essential to being a freedom seekster, someone that wants to unleash their soul, walk their own path, and really be fully authentic. So grab yourself a cup of tea, get comfortable, and hopefully you enjoy listening to my story. So welcome to my very first podcast, recording this from my very cute home in Ubud, Bali. Hence the crickets, roosters, scooter, and maybe construction sound you'll be hearing in the background that kind of comes with uh, with living in Bali. been living here in Bali for about a year now and super, super grateful every day to call this place my home for now. Yeah, so but let's zoom out and let me tell you how I ended up uh, moving my ass to Bali and living here because... Yeah, I've had moments, especially over the past months, uh, because, yeah, it became like a new year, and yeah, I've been now living here for a year, so it goes at automatically in reflection mode, and looking back, my mind is like, wait, what road did I take? How did I end up from studying innovation management and really aspiring to be this business consultant and going into a corporate career to now somehow living in Bali, teaching naked yoga? Working with the topic sexuality, business is now somehow measured, uh, business success is measured in orgasms. And my mind's like, what the fuck? Like, what, what road did I take at some point? What decision did I make that ended up yeah, with me living in this reality? And that's my mind just being confused. I know this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is exactly uh, the work I'm supposed to be doing. It feels really amazing. But yeah, let me uh, zoom out a little bit and, and go back. So I'm born and raised in Eindhoven, the Netherlands. I grew up actually a really happy girl, passing through high school effortlessly. Then I ended up studying in the States for a year and receiving my Bachelor of Science with honors, which I did back in the Netherlands. And then I started my master's studies straight after. I did my master's in innovation management. And there for sure were roadblocks along the way. My mom fell into quite a heavy depression and psychosis. My parents ended up divorcing, a very close loved one passed passed away. So definitely roadblocks here and there, and it wasn't always easy. But in general, yeah, I was kind of right on track to living a super successful life with this beautiful corporate career set out for me, long-term partner by my side. So and even though everything seemed uh, picture perfect, and not saying that I, I wasn't feeling happy 
or excited with my life, but I always knew there was always this underlying linger that there was something more, that my soul wanted something else. It's a deeper part of me was, was craving for something else. Um, but at that time, my mind was really pushing that away because it didn't know what it meant. And so I ended up just studying innovation management, but I started yeah, diving more and more into the topic of change because innovation management is about change and flexibility um, in organizations. And so at some point I started realizing that, okay, if on an organizational level you want to incorporate change and dynamics and transformation and flexibility in a company, it in the end comes down to the people, to the humans actually working in the company. So then I started studying and focusing more on how we humans cope with transformation and change and stuff around habits and routines. And this is kind of how things slowly started to change as I became more and more aware that I, the way I was living was led by so many habits and routines given to me by a structure, by culture, by the way I grew up, by society. So I started to wonder if those routines and habits were really serving me, were really what I wanted. And then not long after that, three big shifts happened in a time span of a few years, which really greatly changed the way I live my life today and which really got me to, yeah, chasing my dreams and living in Bali. So the first big shift happened and came when the owner of the yoga studio was, was practicing uh, yoga back then. And with that, I mean, I was probably taking a class once every two weeks or so. She proposed to me to do a 30-day hot yoga challenge. So I was practicing hot yoga, Bikram yoga. So that meant practicing a 90-minute hot yoga class, which is in a room of 40 degrees every single day for 30 days in a row. And so I'm personally someone that really likes a challenge. And so I kind of gladly accepted that challenge. I went for it, especially because at that time I've been looking for a little bit more structure in my workout routine, where when I was younger, I always used to play field hockey. And when I got back from the States, um, because I had a field hockey scholarship, I kind of was always looking for a new sport, but I didn't want to go into field hockey. So I did some running and tried some different things. And then I got into, a little bit into yoga over the past years, but again, never really hooked, hooked with it or stayed with it until she gave me that challenge. And then suddenly my competitive spirit came in and was like, fuck, yes, that's what I'm going to do. So I went for it. And I never imagined that it would actually start off, be the start of this, yeah, one of the biggest and craziest, craziest adventures of my life so far. So after 30 days, I felt so strong physically, mentally, emotionally, and I just felt so alive, so in my body, and it was amazing to feel. So it really made me come back to myself, and I started to kind of question and become more aware of, again, these habits and routines, and just becoming more aware of my mind, and just in general, more aware of my body and what it was communicating. So I started to wonder... And ask myself the question, like, what is it that I really want? Like, what do I want? And at that moment, I was living with my boyfriend at the time. We were living together for, I think, maybe a year and a half or so. Oh, no, maybe a little longer. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. And I was kind of following the road that society set out for me. That road actually started to feel less and less like the road I wanted to be on. So after the challenge, I continued just with practicing yoga, but more on a regular basis. So I kept the practice going. And then not really that long after it, I finally found the courage and started to become really radically honest with myself and started to choose me. So that meant I broke up with my partner at a time and moved to a different city. 
And there I continued with my master's studies because I really enjoyed my master's, actually. I really liked studying innovation management because especially during my master's, I could start to shift more into fine-tuning the courses and topics I studied. So that's why I started to actually focus more on that human level, and I really enjoyed understanding how we humans cope with transformation and change. So I, I continued studying, and I started to actually explore more. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing this master's studies now, and normally you go into a corporate career, but what's out there? So I decided to take an extra year, and I started interning at a big corporate, uh, big financial corporate. Then I started doing my graduation research for a startup, really fresh, young team. And I started also setting up my own consultancy business with a few fellow students. So I really wanted to start to experience life and life outside the theoretical frameworks of university. So I'm like, okay, I'm learning all these theoretical frameworks and they sound very logical, but how does it actually work in real life? That's where I discovered as well by being an entrepreneur and setting up my own consultancy business that I really love being an entrepreneur, that it was such a challenge, but it was such excitement at the same time. And that something wasn't clicking for me for when I start working for the corporate, but also with the startup, which I figured would then might be the logical alternative to me working in a corporate. But even there, something was off and I couldn't really place at the time what it was. I just knew that something wasn't clicking. Something wasn't exciting me with the idea of, okay, after my studies, I'm going to work for these companies. So after graduating and obtaining my master's straight after, actually, I think it was even four days after. So I remember walking out of that building with my master's degree, freaking happy that after six years of studying, I was finally, yeah, free to start doing exactly Uh, what it is that I wanted, and I decided to do a 200-hour teacher training, and not so much with the intention of starting to teach yoga, but more with the idea of, like, I just want to learn more, and I really liked a practice and what it's doing to me, so let me learn more about that, and then I knew I was going to travel a month later, because I already had that on my mind for, I would say, a year and a half or so, so I saved up for it. I just wanted to, yeah, I wanted to go, no plan, and see how far I went, and that might mean one month away it could have been longer like I tried not to pin that down too much even though a lot of people were asking it's like how long are you going for where are you going what are you going to do and it's like I don't know I just know that I want to want to go so I got myself one way ticket to Bali and then I traveled a bit to through Asia Vietnam Thailand went to Australia and yeah so just teaching everywhere teaching yoga everywhere I went learning doing workshops trainings and getting to know myself really. So it was really a journey of being a lot by myself and getting to know myself. And I never really traveled by myself before. I did it once a week in Thailand and yeah, never like this with a backpack on and just no plan. And I could just decide everything that I wanted to do. So it was really adventure and I got to know so many different parts of myself, some amazing sites, some yeah, a little bit more uncomfortable sites. And another big turning point, so the second big turning point came in around like nine months on the road or so. So where initially I was like, okay, maybe I'll go just two months. I ended up being over a year away from the Netherlands. So about nine months into my travel, I decided to follow another teacher training. And this one was centered around yin yoga, meditation and mindfulness. So really exploring what it feels like to get out of your head and into your body. And I flew back to Bali because the training took place actually in Bali, two-week uh, two training in Ubud. So I was back in Obut, where before I just stayed for, I would say, a week or so. I really enjoyed it here, but didn't really get much into to life here. 
um, just, yeah, I was traveling at that time. But now I got back and I was staying here for at least two weeks. I arranged myself a teaching job somewhere else on the island after that. And what I remember from the start of this training is that it was a lot of, there was a lot of resistance from my mind, my whole system in general. And I was so irritated by the question that the elite facilitator kept asking, which was like, how much can you feel? It drove me seriously crazy at the time. She would constantly ask, how much can you feel? And I remember the first few days of that training, calling with my mom and sister at some point. I was like, I don't know if this was a good decision. It's like, she's really irritating me. Yeah, the people are kind of just, they feel so different. I, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm not, I'm not sure if this is for me. Of course, I ended up staying. And what I know now is that it drove my mind, my ego uh, nuts. At the same time, what I was doing, it was unleashing this deep intuition, this inner knowing and this powerful, wild, wise woman within. Because she was constantly asking me to drop into my body and to get out of my head. And in the head, all these stories suddenly started to kind of fade away and not have any control over me anymore. And so dropping into my body, that's where I found, yeah, a whole new world almost. I started to listen to what my body was communicating because our bodies are so crazy powerful and we just forgot how to listen. And this is also where your intuition comes from. It comes from this place deep within your body, not so much from your head. And of course it was driving me crazy. Because my mind was starting to realize that if I start dropping out of my head and start to listen and drop into my body, that my mind doesn't have any control over me anymore. So then my mind can't keep me stuck and safe from a biology standpoint. But of course, that's not really serving me anymore because in general, I'm doing really fine and I am safe. So I don't have to stay stuck. I don't have to live in fear. So my mind started to realize that if, if I drop into my body, it can't control me anymore. And of course, that's why in, the, in those first few days of that training, my mind started resisting and tried to get me out of there and try to, yeah, find a way to not let me go through with it. So that training just shifted so much within me. It made me so much more aware. And after that, I actually started diving into yeah, more embodiment stuff. So really diving more into my body. And that's where I came into touch with feminine embodiment and empowerment practices. I started to wonder and realize what does it actually mean to be a woman? I started exploring and discovering that. I dove into the world of Tantra and sacred sexuality and really, yeah, starting to understand what it means to be a sexual being and what it means, yeah, what my own sexual sexuality is and how I want to express that. And so I kept stepping out of my comfort zone, following all these kinds of workshops and online courses and really just learning all these new things and challenging myself to break down all these programs and conditions that I grew up with and all the filling all the gaps of knowledge that I was missing. And here there was almost a point of reflection where I'm like, I realized that in a way it wasn't clicking. There was like almost a part of me missing. Like I was missing some input. I was missing vital data about what it means to be me, what it means to be a woman. And through that shift after that training and where I started to realize there's a whole new world for me to explore and me starting to look and pick up the breadcrumbs and just, yeah, just kind of fall from meeting the right kind of person into the next kind of event, I just gathered so much information. And reflecting back on this now, it's like at that time I was kind of managing the biggest innovation project of my life, which was myself. And so I kept exploring, learning, implementing the things that I that I learned. And then the third big shift came when I ended up back in the Netherlands. 
So yeah, after a year or so, I ended up back in the Netherlands. And this was like kind of a, a tricky point here because then I was like, okay, after being so long on the road and with all this new knowledge, what am I going to do with that? And a part of me was still like, even though I learned so much, a part of me was still like wanting to step into fear in a way of like, I could still go back to my normal life because in a way, although I've, I've traveled for a year, it's like, I would still be kind of in that same track. Like I finished my studies, like a lot of people go travel for a year. So there's not too much craziness uh, going on there. You got a yoga teacher training actually makes you more interested, interesting for companies to hire you so I could just now kind of forget about that all see it as a beautiful memory and still go back into the normal train of life and just find a corporate career so there was that point there when I ended up back in the Netherlands and I felt I wanted to kind of settle down and just be somewhere for a bit and actually start working on yeah some kind of career that I was like okay I can decide now to still go back into my corporate career or do I really choose me right now and choose what I feel like I should be doing, even though there's no certainty, there's no guarantee that that's going to work out. And I have no clue exactly how it's going to look. Because yes, I was teaching yoga, but I also knew that teaching yoga was not my main ambition. I wasn't ambitioning to just become a full-time yoga teacher. But I also didn't know what else was out there, what was behind me teaching yoga, what was the next step. So there was there a few months where I was kind of like struggling and I, at some point I decided, okay, I'm not going to look for a corporate career. I'm going to set up my business here, live in base in the Netherlands for now and see where that goes. And that went really, really fine for a while. So actually I found the courage to set up the first women's naked yoga journey. So that, that's one of those ideas I've been working or had in my head for about six months or so and thought it was absolutely crazy. And so when I got back in the Netherlands and really kind of reflected and I just felt this super strong pull to do something with that idea. So it was in the Netherlands the first few months there that I decided to overcome those blockages and step out of my comfort zone there really to, to start offering and putting that into a vision, into an actual workshop. So that was really beautiful. Set up my first women's naked yoga journey. Um, massive step for me as well. A massive like almost confirmation of that I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I know what I'm good at and actually that the judgment and the things I was afraid of were not really that bad and not at all actually everyone was super supportive so after a few months in the Netherlands something started to to shift and change where I felt like okay I've done some exploring I've done some workshops here and there I kind of feel like I'm more funneling towards what I want to do but I don't want to do it here I just don't want to be in the Netherlands. That was one of the main thoughts that I had. The only thing that was really present, really alive, was I want to go back to Ubud. I need to go back to Bali. And so then two months happened and passed by of me just thinking and trying to think my way out of it, like answering this question, why? What am I going to do there? Trying to find a logic behind this feeling of I want to go back to Ubud. Because I just got back from traveling. Like, how am I going to explain that to myself? How am I going to explain that to my family? I don't have savings. Like, I don't have any certainty. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do there. So all these questions were driving myself. Yeah, I was driving myself almost literally crazy in the sense of I just was going down and down into this spiral. And it's starting to become winter. And I'm general not really good with the cold weather. Shorter days. So I really got down into this place where it wasn't really fun. I can promise you that. So much doubt, so much fear, just kind of this almost, yeah, this heavy, depressing feeling and still no answer. 
the only thought and the only feeling I had is I need to go back to Ubud. And so here's the, th the third big shift uh, coming in where after those two months, and it was just before the end of 2018, it was actually on the 31st, like two hours before the new year. And I was sitting at my mom's place and I was just feeling so sad and so heavy and so confused. And then uh, something like clicked and shifted and I was like, I need to decide something because where I'm heading right now, this dark hole I'm going deeper and deeper and deeper into, it's not going to get me anywhere. I don't want to be here. And so then I had this massive like rush come through. It's like, I'm going back. I'm just going to book a ticket. I have no clue, but I'm just going to follow this feeling. And so this is where I decided to really follow and trust whatever it was that my body was communicating. So two months later, I flew to Bali, packed my suitcase with just a few things, mainly all my courage. And yeah, got on that plane, moved my ass to Bali. Within like a few days, everything just started clicking. I found my, my home. It was just finished. And I walked into it and I was like, this is built for me. And I've been here now for a year and I just can't be happier with my, with my little home here. And then soon after that, I really birthed um, Freedom Seekster, uh, my company. I had like little bits and pieces and so many ideas and I did so many little stuff. But really when I was there, I felt this super yeah, urge of motivation to put it into some kind of format and get my website up and running. And so, yeah, I've been here now for a year and it's been still a crazy challenging adventure with so many ups and downs, but I get to do it luckily on a tropical island where I wake up with the sun shining every day. So um, could be way, way worse. So I think, yeah, I'm so proud and happy that I, I get to journey here. And this island, it's like a constantly reflecting back and it's such a high charged place so it's almost like it's showing like it's putting a mirror in your face constantly uh, this is something you can work on but it also really asks you to step more into your power and once you do once you really feel and tune into your intuition your body and you actually follow that you're getting the results straight away so it's really amazing and powerful to live here actually and so over the past year, also so much has shifted where I came here with the idea of, okay, I'm going to teach yoga and meditation. And by me following just kind of the breadcrumbs and following this pool and following, yeah, people flowing into my life and requesting certain knowledge of me, I, I yeah, I went into teaching naked yoga journeys here, workshops, which were really beautiful and well-received actually in Bali, to coaching women and even that was first focused more on mindfulness and meditation and creating more awareness and embodiment. It's starting to change more into topics around, yeah, womb wisdom, understanding what it means to be a woman, embracing your cycle to diving into sexuality and how to work with your sexual energy, how to actually um, awaken your orgasmic potential and how to channel that sexual energy. So it kind of started developing even over the past year when I look how I started a year ago with, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And now a year later, I'm like, wow, I'm so like, I'm in a completely different space. And I'm pretty sure maybe in a year's time when I'm looking back and even listening to this podcast, I'm like, wow, okay, that was a year ago. Now I'm already doing this. But the beauty about it is that I'm not trying to control it too much. And I'm actually just following my body following those I call them always breadcrumbs it's like almost these little pools and these little opportunities that flow into my life and I just grab them I'm like okay this feels uncomfortable but I really feel I need to be doing it some say that pursuing a career in innovation management and really doing something like directly linked to my degree 
It's like a waste of all those years studying. It's like, why did you study for six years and got your master's degree and now you're doing this kind of work? But I so disagree and it's such a big no. Like innovation is in my blood. I actually once did a human design reading and she literally said to me, it's like, you are innovation. It's like, I have this natural urge to, to change, to grow, to evolve and to really explore what it means to be the most authentic version of myself. And I also have this effect on other people. And I passionately believe that this world would be so much better off if we would all be following that pull, if we would be listening to our body and really tune into like, what is it that my soul wants? Like what's exciting my soul? What's making my soul go wild? And to really embrace our own path and our uniqueness. And to summarize this all and, and come down to, okay, what has this story, what's in this story for you? There are three essential lessons and things that I learned and that are key to being a freedom seeker. And with a freedom seeker, I mean someone that really wants to unleash their soul, really wants to awaken their core potential, someone that wants to walk their own path and be fully authentic in whatever form that is. So that doesn't mean you have to move your side to the other way, the other side of the world and suddenly live in Bali. It might just be exactly where you are and that's supposed what you're supposed to be doing. As long as it's not coming from a conditioning, a programming that you were taught and not realizing you're actually just following that programming instead of actually listening and tuning in. So three things that I learned and I want to give to you as a, a reflection and maybe you can do something with it. The first lesson and thing that's key is to learn to become friends with fear. So with that, I mean like excuses are always going to be there. And the perfect moment doesn't exist. So your mind is always going to throw fear stories at you. You're not good enough. Um, no, you can't do that because of this. You need this first before you start. You're not ready yet. And so from a biology standpoint, that makes total sense. And fear in that way is part of our nature. Because our mind, our system wants to keep us safe. Those stories, especially those fear stories, are not serving you in any kind of way. And so becoming friends with fear has helped me immensely because all those big turning points, all those steps I made over the past years, it hasn't been easy for me. It's not just like, oh, I just do that. And it's like, yeah, whatever. It's like, no, I felt fear. I feel it. And it's uncomfortable. Or at least that's the label again of the mind. So fear is actually my greatest companion at the moment. I became so familiar with the fear, the feeling of fear in my body that often I'll feel it and I'm aware of it. And sometimes, yes, I linger in it for a few days, a week, sometimes a month. It's like, I'm not perfect. I get stuck in that as well. But as soon as I realize, I kind of welcome in fear, but I don't give it a voice. So I'm going to do it anyway. So no matter what those stories are, no matter what those excuses are, if I feel that pull, if I feel I need to be doing something, even though it doesn't make any sense, I'm going to follow that. Because over the past few years, it's shown me so many times that if I do, at some point it will make sense and it will get me to the place where I'm supposed to be and where I'm definitely happiest and feeling most alive. So learn to become friends with fear. The second thing that's key to becoming a freedom seeker is to learn to get out of your head and into your body. So as I described with that yin mindfulness meditation training that I did in Bali, that two-week a non-stop full-time training where she constantly kept asking me to get out of my head into my body and to, to tune in. What is it that I feel? And this, again, I mentioned it already. Our bodies are so 
amazingly powerful. And we spend so much time up on our minds, up in our heads, that we kind of forgot how to listen. So learning again how to listen to your body is vital. And our body is constantly trying to communicate with us. So become a good listener. Start to tune in and start to recognize how your body communicates because also that's different again for each and every one of you. But if you really want to follow your soul, if you really want to follow your path or however you want to call it, you need to get out of your head and into your body and start listening to that intuitive feeling. So get in touch with your body. Find some way to relate with it. Get familiar with it. The third and final key lesson and key thing is cultivate trust like your life depends on it. So let me tell you something about how the universe works. It doesn't have time to explain to you why. It doesn't have time to give you a reason. So if it, Because if it would be doing that for each and every one of you, it would have no time to actually yeah, get everything sorted out and get everything done and arranged how everything flows and works perfectly. So stop waiting for an explanation. Stop waiting to figure out why. Because you're not going to get that answer. And so, yes, the mind is always trying to figure it out and it will always throw these stories at you of like, I want to know why, tell me why, before you actually move. Again, it's another way of keeping you stuck. So as I explained, when I got back in the Netherlands and I had this really strong feeling of going back to Ubud, I had like a period of two months or so where I just tried to figure out how, like how and why and try to make it logical. But it wasn't logical in any kind of way. And also, I didn't get that answer before I went. So at some point, I decided to get out of that and actually start trusting. And trusting that this feeling that I, this pull, this, this intuitive power that I feel will back me up. That I can trust that feeling and that everything is going to be just fine. So trust the amount of times over the past years that things didn't seem to make any sense. It's like, I can't even count how many times that was. And so I've been asked so, so, so many times to trust and it's been scary again. But here comes that first point in like become friends with that scary feeling because it's going to be part of your journey if this is what you're desiring. If you really want to follow your soul, if you want to really want to step into your full potential, this is going to be part of of the challenge and you'll need to have courage and trust. So trust life like your life depends on it. What I'm going to close off with is just a short exercise to really give you a feel because I know it's been a lot of talking and that means so your mind is like, yeah, really active right now and likes this and like, okay, tries to understand and place it somewhere. But again, this information needs to kind of land into the body to help inspire you on your journey. So I'm going to ask you to come up to sitting and even standing if you have the, the space for it and to close your eyes and just place your hands somewhere on your body for a moment. And so this practice, this little exercise, it's going to be just a few minutes. It's designed to get you out of your head and into your body. So we're trying to get you more into your body, more into the present moment. And we're going to do that through some free movement. It's a really sounds really easy, and it's like something I suggest to all my clients. Like, move your body whatever way, but every single day make sure you move your body in some way. And free movement is actually one of the best ways to just let your body guide you and to start listening to your body and what it wants. So stand up or stay seated, but put your arms or your hands somewhere on your body and then close your eyes. I'm going to turn on a song for about a minute and a half or so. 
And feel free to just start moving in whatever way feels appropriate for you and whatever way your body yeah, just kind of wants to move without you t thinking about it too much. So here we go. And maybe that means releasing your hands on either side of your body right now. Maybe it means gently swinging from left to right, doing something with your neck or your shoulders, or shaking your arms, your legs. There's no right or wrong here. Just start to move your body. Let's take a deep inhale through the nose, fill up the lungs. Exhale, sigh it out. We'll be doing that two more times. Slowly starting to make those movements a little smaller, a little slower. Coming back to stillness again for a moment. No rush here. And then placing your hands again somewhere on your body. And now take a moment to feel. And I'm going to ask you that question that irritated me so much. Let's see what it does for you. How much can you feel right now? What's alive in your body? You're now slowly opening up your eyes, bringing yourself back to the space. And so this is the end of my very first podcast. Uh, just a few things before I close off. I have a free meditation you can download on my website. It's called Coming Home. It's designed to get you out of your head and into your body. So feel free to check that out under freebies on my website, www.freedomseekster.com. And you can just download it there for free. Besides that, I offer coaching journeys, both online as well as in Ubud, Bali. And they're all focused around embodiment around increasing awareness of the mind and learning to listen to your body, learning to listen to your intuition, and to really unlock the courage and the power, this feminine essence, this feminine innate wisdom, so you can start listening to your soul and to really follow whatever it is that really excites and makes your soul go wild. So check that out also on my website. There's a tab called Coaching Under Offerings. Uh, there are different packages you can check out. And for any questions also, just feel free to reach out. Send me an email, a DM on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. So if you want to yeah, stay updated on any of the stories and things going on in my life, go watch my stories on Instagram. And hope you really enjoyed this podcast. Feel free to write a review, share, like, get the message out there. And hope to see you for the next one. Thank you. Thank you.